Well, good morning again, everybody, and welcome to another online service from Stableford Baptist Church. Uh, I'm glad that you're able to join us wherever you are and whatever you've been doing this last week. Some of us have been to Keswick virtually, uh, and I hope that you are one of those people that's been able to access some of the things uh, that they've been able to offer. It's been brilliant, really good. Uh, if you haven't, then uh, you can still do it. You can go online, you can go on the website, you can go on YouTube, you can find it. If you found me, you can find that. So it's fairly straightforward. Uh, but a warm welcome to this morning and uh, hopefully it's a warm day uh, and everything's going okay for you. We've been thinking over the last few weeks about these things that are up behind me. Not last week, we had a break from John and I hope you've filled out your uh, uh, response to that, your email to that and sent that in. But we've been thinking uh, about the fruit of the Spirit, haven't we? Love, joy and peace. And we're continuing that this morning. So we've got A longer word this time um, and this is patience I don't know how this is going to look but I'm going to put it on the wall behind me now and hopefully you can see that and it's keeping going so there's a, that little archway that's going on patience is what we're thinking about together this morning we're going to do what we normally do we're going to sing some songs we're going to hear from somebody talking to uh, families and uh, that all age slot that we do which is um, really helpful isn't it I don't know about you but I really appreciate that we've got Sally who's going to read to us from God's Word uh, and then just a reminder we're, uh, this afternoon hopefully you've got uh, the email from Joe but this afternoon we have a communion service um, particularly thinking about patience again this afternoon as we think about the patience of the Lord Jesus as he heads towards the cross and um, dies for us upon the cross that's what we want to think about uh, particularly so we're going to do that so you can bring you can bring your bread and you can bring your wine and we'll be having an opportunity uh, 4 30 this afternoon to share in that together let me pray before we sing let's pray together father we thank you for your patience towards us we thank you for being very patient with us for the way in which you led us guided us and brought us to that point where we understood who you were and what you've done for us in Christ. And Lord, as we sing about that, we pray that you would help us to rejoice from the bottom of our hearts. Help us to be those who praise you, who, who worship you as a right response to who you are and what you've done for us. Uh, we know that, you know that joy can come in, in difficult situations because it's something deeper than the circumstances that we face. So we pray that as we do that this morning, as we think about patience together, you may be working by your spirit growing within us your fruit. In Jesus' name we ask. Amen. Amen. I'll see you in a little while. Enjoy. Hello, everyone. Um, no, I can't see you, but it's lovely to be part of the service this morning. I'm going to do the reading this morning from James 5, um, verse 7 to 12. Patience in suffering. Be patient, then, brothers, until the Lord's coming. See how the farmer waits for the land to yield its valuable crop and how patient he is for the autumn and spring rains. You too, be patient and stand firm because the Lord's coming is near. Don't grumble against each other's brothers or you will be judged. The judge is standing at the door. Brothers, as an example of patience in the face of suffering, take the prophets 
who spoke in the name of the Lord. As you know, we consider blessed those who have persevered. You have heard of Job's perseverance and have seen what the Lord finally brought about. The Lord is full of compassion and mercy. Above all, my brothers, do not swear, not by heaven or by earth or by anything else. Let your yes be yes and your no, no, or you will be condemned. Okay, so how is your patience? How did you handle that? Just sitting there looking at somebody grinning for a little while. It's a test, isn't it? Were you thinking, oh, come on, will you just get on with it? What's going on? Are you starting to question? Have I pressed pause or something? No, you're all right. Just a little test of patience. Having to wait when we're not expecting to. That's one of the things that we have to do and one of the things we have to be patient about, isn't it? Having to wait when we're not expecting to. Sometimes seconds can feel like minutes, minutes can feel like hours and you could go on, couldn't you? I don't know if you've caught up on Keswick, I was talking about that earlier uh, this week. If you have and if you've obviously been watching these things over the, the months that have, that have gone by, um, there, are, there are occasionally little glitches, little, little problems, aren't they? Because it's online. Uh, things that you wouldn't get in real life. You know, if I was preaching from the normal pulpit back at SBC, every now and again you wouldn't just get that sort of me going and then a sort of a wheel going round and round and round. And yet that's what I've had a few times this week at Keswick. I've been watching something happen and then suddenly just uh, the internet goes down or whatever it is and this wheel just sort of goes round and round and round. We get these little glitches uh, and little things and they're tests of patience, aren't they? You know, one anonymous person said this, Patience is a quality that is much needed when it is exhausted. And that's true, isn't it? Patience is a quality that is much needed when it is exhausted. We feel like we've run out of it or we've used up our reserves or whatever it may be. Patience, the fruit of the Spirit, is patience. That's what we're thinking about today. But before we do, I'm going to test your patience a little bit more. Uh, by just diverting a little bit and just thinking about these first three that we were looking at a couple of weeks ago. Well, over the last month, really, we've looked at love, joy and peace. And I just, just want to ask you, how's that going? How's your love? How's your joy? How's your peace? Are you growing in those areas? Is that fruit growing in you? Is the Holy Spirit enabling you to be more loving, joyful, peaceful? with others. All three, as I said, we've thought about over the last month. And I think these three, these three are things, are things that resonate with us, aren't they? We, you know, we want to be loved, we, we want to be joyful, and we want to be at peace. Of course we do. Sometimes the patience thing can feel a little bit um, angular after we've thought about these three smooth ones, if you like. But how's it going? Are you growing? Have you had those, those opportunities where, um, huh, So that's a lesson in patience. The second 
sheet of my sermon, sermon has just completely disappeared. So uh, flicked over. Let me just make sure it's not the third sheet. Um, I don't know. I think there might be a bit missing, but there might not. I think there's a bit missing. I don't think that's... Oh, hello. Oh, we're all missing. We're all gone. Hey! <laughs> it's all gone! Well, can you imagine if I was in the pulpit at the minute, what would be happening? It's just, it disappeared in front of my eyes. Right, okay, so there's a test of patience. Let me close it down, uh, seeing if I can find it again. If this takes too long, you won't see it because I'll have gone back and just rec recorded the sermon again. But uh, what's the fun in that? Let's see if we can find it, shall we, first of all, um, and see what's happened. So all the apps, there we go. Uh, Adobe Reader, open file, scroll up, and let's have a look. Okay, it seems to be back. So, gremlins and glitches. I mean, you can't get a more up-to-date illustration of those things, can you, than exactly just what has happened there. Gremlins and gr glitches, the things that uh, get in our way. But just back on point, are you practicing love, joy and peace? Have there been times when you have been able to respond differently because of looking at these things together? I hope so. I hope over these weeks uh, that things have come up and when they've happened, you've thought, no, actually, I'm not going to do that. I'm going to do this uh, because God's wanting to grow his fruit within me. Because if we take things seriously, that's what he will do. It's worked out in our daily lives, isn't it? I mean, as I always say this, but it's easy to sit there this morning now and be patient, isn't it? But what about tomorrow? What about this afternoon? What about when you've just dropped your coffee or uh, nobody's done the washing up or whatever it may be? You know, that's when it really starts to kick in, isn't it? So today we're, we're adding this other layer. We've got love, joy, peace, and we're adding this layer of patience, adding this layer together. And there aren't many words that can deflate, I don't think, like this word patience. It can sort of draw it out of us and we think, oh... Oh, really? You know, it, 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 it deserts us in the worst of times, like that saying said, most needed when it's exhausted. That's how we feel, isn't it? I'm sure, without too much thinking, we can all call to mind times when we weren't patient, when we gave in to our old sinful nature uh, and did what we wanted to do. We felt unfairly treated or whatever it may be. You know, it reminds me of a story about two people discussing perfection. That this side of glory, can we be perfect this side of glory? This was a massive thing, actually, uh, during the 18th century revival with Wesley. Uh, this was a big uh, discussion that often people got into. Uh, and these two guys were talking and one guy said, you know, I don't only believe that we can be perfect this side of glory. I believe I am. I believe that I've achieved perfection this side of glory. To which the guy that he was spoken to just simply threw his water over him. And they both realised very quickly that he hadn't, in fact, achieved perfection this side of glory. Patience is an ongoing lesson. Like the other parts of the fruit, we need to grow in it. It needs to continue. It needs to be a priority for us. We need to take it seriously. If we're lacking it, we need to think, well, why? What's happening? What are the situations? What are the circumstances that are leading to me being impatient? 
when we come to the scriptures we find you know patience is a lot like joy when I spoke about joy a few weeks ago uh, I said you know there's not a lot to tell us how to be joyful but there is a lot of examples and that's the same really with patience there's not a lot of teaching on how to be patient it's like we we know what it is but there are examples of people who have been patient so we've just got two points this morning two points uh, from a sermon from that passage in, in James chapter 5 and we're going to be thinking about the examples of patience and the enemy of patience. The examples of patience and the enemy of patience. So the first one is the examples of patience. And we see in this reading that there are three. Three examples, aren't there? If you've got your Bibles open, James chapter 5, please do turn to that and we'll look at that together. Verses 7 to 12. The first example is of the farmer who sows and waits. He waits for the rain, the autumn rains, the spring rains. You know what it's like. These things are sown and nothing happens for ages, does it? Um, I got caught out last couple of weeks. We've bought some new plants in our garden and, uh, you know, we looked at what they're going to do and how they're going to flower. My mum and dad came last weekend and I was sort of showing them around. I said, I'm a bit disappointed in these ones because, you know, nothing's happened yet. And my mum said, well, it is only the first year. And I thought, year? I've got to wait a year? I mean, I thought it'd be a few, I thought there was something wrong with them because they haven't flowered in a few days. I'm not a gardener, as you obviously know, and if people out there probably thinking, well, what did you expect? Well, I expected a few days return, if I'm honest, and I didn't get it. And my mum helped me to put it into perspective, and I thought, okay, so there's not anything wrong with them. I'll just keep watering them, and if the rain comes and uh, if the sun comes out, then eventually they will grow. I need to learn from the farmer, don't I? I need to learn from the farmer. James says, see how the farmer waits for whole seasons. He knows that they will come that sowing will lead to reaping, and it's that patience that we need. And here, specifically in this passage, he's talking about waiting for the Lord's return, being patient in waiting for Jesus to come back again. Be patient then, brothers and sisters, until the Lord's come in. It's like the reaping. If we are Christians, we know that it will happen. God has promised it. In a sense, it's more sure than the harvest for the farmer. Because God's promised it. We know God. We know that God can't lie. We know that God keeps his promises. And we keep going and we keep trusting patiently because we know that it will happen. We live between these two comings of Jesus. That's what gives us hope, isn't it? That's really what Keswick, I think, has been about. If I'm trying to pick that up, they called it hope and it, and it's referred often to the first coming and the second coming. And just living in those in-between times. So that we have this hope in a, a better future, a brighter future. We live between the two comings. The first one, Jesus came and he dealt with our sin and rebellion against God. He died for us on the cross so that we could have the way opened for us. He also showed us what God is like. As he walked and ministered and led and helped and loved and engaged with people as we see in the Gospels. In his second coming, we know all the difficulties we face in this world because of following him, because we, we love him and we want to obey him and we want to be with him. And the difficulties that that brings up, again, come up a lot this week if you've been watching it. We know that all of them will be over. doesn't lessen them now, but it does mean that we're given a strength now. The farmer waits for the harvest. We wait for the Lord. 
And it has to be a, a constant reality to us, as we see here, that actually that could happen any time. Jesus could come back at any time. He can leave heaven and he can come back to earth. It's not a big distance for him and it can happen just like that, as the scriptures teach. The Lord is near. The coming is near, James says. Now look, he isn't mistaken. You, know, you could read that and think, well, you know, I mean, it happened in 2,000 years, so obviously he was wrong, wasn't he? No, that's not the point. That's not the point. Just because he hasn't come yet, James is saying we need to live with the attitude of knowing that he could come at any time. See, it doesn't mean that it will happen in a certain timeline. Even Jesus himself said he doesn't know when he'll be coming back again. Only the Father knows. It doesn't happen within a certain timeline. So, you know, if it hasn't happened in the next month, then it's not near. That's not the point. The point is it could happen anytime. It could happen anytime. And we need to live in the light of that. It's near. We need to think of it as near. That's the point. All Christians from the first century to the 21st century need to live in the imminence of the return of Christ. So we don't get blasé and over comfortable in this world. And then he moves on. His second example of patience is in the face of suffering. For what? For that we look to the prophets. That's his second example, isn't it? Huge reason to read the Old Testament, to know your Old Testament, get into it, involved in it, read it. Yeah, sure, it's difficult in parts, but the more you read it, the more you'll start to grasp and understand the prophet spoke in the name of the Lord calling people back to the Lord you see that it's common throughout they were often ignored persecuted abused people wanted them to shut up and told them so they suffered for their faith but they kept going they kept going because they knew God they persevered they were patient they wanted to honor and please God because they knew him he revealed himself to them, and so that was the most important thing for them. The writer of the Hebrews sums it up brilliantly, I think, at the end of chapter 11. You know that Heroes of Faith chapter when he talks about so many different Old Testament characters. And he says this in verses 39 and 40. He says, They were all commended for their faith, yet none of them received what had been promised. Since God had planned something better for us, so that only together with us would they be made perfect. They never received what was promised in this life. All pointing to Christ. All of them. They were pointing to Christ. Something more, something better. And it's with us that they will be made perfect in the next life. Now, we, of course, we look back to Christ, but we're still waiting for that perfection. As the guy who had the water thrown over him, I'm sure, would tell you if he was around today. Never receive what was promised. Next, James uses Job as an example. Of course, I think, you know, when we're talking about perseverance, when we're talking about patience, you, you, you can't miss Job out. I read it again not long ago and just loved it. I mean, that sounds a bit strange. Um, you know... He suffered, he went through a lot, but, but to, to get into it and to try and figure out what he was doing, you know, the way that he put his arguments together and the way that he wanted to bring his complaint before God, I, could, I understood it more this time than I've ever understood it before. You know, his friends really didn't help, did they? 
they just added to his misery. And, and he wasn't silent in his patience. I mean, he was patient. I mean, we have a saying, don't we? We say, you know, oh, if someone's really patient, they must have the patience of Job. Because Job was patient. He didn't turn away from God. And in the end, it's vindicated. So we can search the scriptures for examples of patience, like we can of joy. James gives us some here. Paul includes this patience as a fruit of the Spirit, something we need to grow in, something that needs to grow in us. But looking at our passage, what I want to do next is just pull out something from verse 9. Um, because I think, maybe without even realising it, what James does here is give us the opposite of patience. How we're not being patient, if you like. Or, or seeing as we have had examples of patience as the first point, we could call it, and I'm going to call it, the enemy of patience. The enemy of patience. We've had the examples, now we're going to look at the enemy. Verse 9. Don't grumble against one another, brothers and sisters. Grumbling is the enemy of patience. Now let's be careful here. You know, grumbling isn't constructive criticism or asking people to pray or praying with a heavy heart or being honest before God. That's not what grumbling is. I don't think Job was a grumbler, just to pick him up again if we can. He's held up here as a good example. Someone of perseverance. He wanted to be heard. He had a genuine complaint. He wanted to know why, as far as he could see, God had turned against him. What had he done? That, that's his complaint. What have I done? If only I could have an opportunity to tell, to put my case, he often says. Now, we know the answer from the first two chapters of Job because we've been let into the secret. We know exactly what he's done. He's been faithful. He's sought to love God with all of his heart, mind, soul and strength. And he's sought to love his neighbour as himself. I'm not saying he's perfect. It doesn't say that. He often offers sacrifices because he knows that he gets things wrong. He knows that he's sinful. But as far as the attitude goes, he wants to honour God and he wants to honour people. He wants to love God and he wants to love people. That's what he's done. That's why he goes through the suffering. <laughs> it's strange, isn't it? God is pleased with it. So when the devil comes and presents himself before God and God says, what have you been up to? You scoundrel, effectively. And then God says, well, consider my servant Job. He's an example of faith to pure evil. Wow. Did he ever know? I don't know. But we do. We know that his suffering was gone through because he was faithful, not because he was a sinner. And yet his friends are always trying to convince him that he must have done something wrong. Doesn't help in any way, shape or form. So he constructs an argument and, and, he, and he wants a hearing before God. That's not grumbling. Or think of the Psalms and the Psalmist. How many times does it say in the Psalms? Those four words. How long, O Lord? How long, O Lord? That's not a grumble. That's a prayer. That's an asking. Genuinely asking of God. Which I guess all begs the question... Well, then, what is grumbling? Well, we don't have time to look at all the examples in the Bible, so I'm just going to focus on one. Uh, but it seems to be linked 
I think, to how we deal with dissatisfaction. I think the biggest examples are those of the people of Israel in the wilderness. God has saved them and then led them out of slavery and will plant them in the land that he has chosen for them. But on the way, they grumble. Now, I'm not saying the journey was easy. <laughs> I don't think it was by any stretch of the imagination. It, it certainly isn't pictured as such. And they had valid concerns about food and drink. Necessities of life, human necessities that we all need. But instead of raising them in the right way, instead of coming before this great bountiful God that has rescued them and said, you know, we, we need these things, they just grumbled. Let me read it to you, Exodus chapter 16, verses 1 to 3. The whole Israelite community set out from Elim and came to the desert of Sin, which is between Elim and Sinai. On the 15th day of the second month, they had come out of Egypt. In the desert, the whole community grumbled against Moses and Aaron. The Israelites said to them, if only we had died by the Lord's hand in Egypt. They were sat around pots of meat. Sorry, there we sat around pots of meat and all, ate all the food we wanted. But you have brought us into this desert to starve this entire assembly to death. Very interesting, isn't it? What's happened here? So it's about six weeks, I think it said, did it say the second month? Six weeks into the journey, six or seven weeks. And they grumble because they're dissatisfied. They look back and remember the good and not the bad. And they look forward and think about the bad and not the good. And that all leads to grumbling. So looking back, it was all about sitting around pots full of meat and enjoying meat. No, it wasn't. They were in slavery. They were being pushed to make things. Pushed and pushed and pushed. It was that bad they cried out to the Lord. Then looking forward, he's going to starve us to death in the middle of this desert. No, he isn't. He's taking them to the promised land. Now look, as I said, this is tough, of course. I can't imagine what it would be like to walk that distance with thousands of people. Young and old and, and all that needed to go with that. But what needed, what they needed was support from each other to come together, to continue to trust God and to be his people and to know that as he'd taken them out of one place, he would plant them in another but they didn't they grumbled so grumbling seems to be a wrong perspective and a lack of trust which leads to moaning a deep discontent that's the enemy of patience because patience ultimately shows faith doesn't it for us to show patience when things are tough shows we know that God is really in control. If we can be patient in the most difficult of times, we're showing that our faith is real, that we know God's in charge, he's on the throne and he knows what he's doing. And when we lose that, we will grumble. It's not fair. I don't want to be in this situation. I don't want this to happen to me. I don't want this. I don't want that. I don't want the other. That's not what Job did. That's not what the psalmist does. That's just grumbling. Dissatisfaction. If we can keep looking to God through the good times and the bad, if we can show patience, we're really showing a deep faith. A deep 
trust in who he is, if we don't give in to the grumbling. And you know, when we do give in to the grumbling, and I'm sure you do, I do, I do, sometimes I have a good moan, I have a good winch, it's like, oh, it's just, yeah, I wish someone so hadn't done this, and I wish that happened, and then, I, you know, I'm, I'm sorry, Lord, that's not the way to go, and if I keep going with that spirit, then it's going to affect my faith. Forgive me, help me, give me patience to look towards the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. Give me patience in this situation. In lockdown, Lord, give me patience. Let's not be people who grumble. You know, I don't think we've got a grumbling spirit throughout the church. I really don't. Thank God. Thank God, because once that starts, it's hard to come against and get rid of. It is. And it can take years and it can go lead to splits and, and all sorts of things can happen. I don't think we're that sort of church. And I thank God for that. But let's make sure we don't become it. Through lockdown or through whatever it is, circumstances that come, let's seek to support each other, help each other, encourage each other on the journey as we seek to look forward to the return of the Lord Jesus. Knowing that the better days are ahead, we have that hope and that will give us strength to be able to cope today. That we can be patient and in showing patience rather than grumbling we can show that we know that God is ultimately in control. Examples of patience and the enemy of patience. Let's pray shall we. Father we thank you for your patience towards us. We haven't even thought about that in this sermon but we'll think a bit about, about it this afternoon hopefully. We thank you for your goodness to us. We thank you that you Help us to be patient. Help us to grow in this particular part of the fruit, we pray. Help us to be people that are characterised by patience, not grumbling, we ask. That we may deepen our relationship with you, deepen our faith in you, our trust in you, and through us the kingdom may uh, extend and grow, we ask in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. We're going to sing again together. Thank you for listening, everybody, and see you soon. God bless.